You're listening to an audiobook presentation of The Grendel's Shadow by Andrew Maine. You can purchase it for 99 cents on Amazon, on their Kindle store, on your Kindle, or on all major phones using the Kindle app, including iPhones, Androids, Blackberries, and Windows 7. It's also available on the Nook store and Apple's iBooks. Or you can buy this entire audio presentation uninterrupted or a physical copy at andrewmaine.com slash books. Even out at the water pump, she could hear her baby crying from inside. Afraid of the things she heard in the darkness, she pumped the handle faster. She could finish filling the bucket and hurry back. Living out there was difficult enough with her husband away, working downriver. The loneliness made it even worse. As she walked back to the house, she never heard the thing behind her. The color of night. It was invisible in the darkness as it stalked. It had been watching this one and the mewling child for several nights. Sometimes it heard two distinct cries after the lights went out. She was almost at the porch when she smelled something unusual. She felt the warm breath on her neck and then recognized the scent. It was the smell of dead things. Searing pain shot into her sides as she was lifted off the ground. Through an open window, she could see her child in the crib, still sobbing. Her body grew cold as she felt blood trickle down her dress and onto her arms. The light from the house became smaller as she was pulled into the dark. She tried to reach to her infant, but was too weak. The sound of crying faded away. She passed out. When she opened her eyes again, it was still dark. The smell of death was in the air around her. Her hands felt sharp and broken things on the floor beneath her. She struggled to get up, but couldn't. She touched her stomach. It was warm and moist from her own blood. Somewhere she could hear crying again. She reached her hands out toward it and noticed that this crying was different. Chapter 1 The capsule rattled and shook as the composite skin jerked around violently in the upper atmosphere. Inside, the two occupants strapped to aluminum seats jostled back and forth. The shorter of the two, dressed in an immaculately pressed safari gear, it looked like the costume for a play, seemed ill at ease and reached for another stick of relaxant gum. He envied the calm of the man sitting across from him, silently flipping through the pages of a hard copy manual on local fauna below, making notes, holding page corners. He could have been sitting on a porch chair in a cool summer breeze for all the expression on his weathered face. Frustrated by the man's cool manner, the shorter man shouted over the loud noise of the capsule's entry. Doesn't it bother you at all? Looking up from the manual, the man slid into a pocket and crossed his arms over his hunting rifle, which hadn't left his grasp since the trip began six days prior. It terrifies the hell out of me. He looked at the man in front of him, and then at the thirty-eight empty seats. This capsule's over a hundred and twenty years old. One broken vent, or if the balloon doesn't discharge, and we're incinerated in a second. The shorter man was surprised and infuriated by the response. Of course, just about any question posed to T.R. Westwood was likely to have that effect. You could do a better job of it, he shouted. Mr. Allen, I think you're doing an excellent job of that for the both of us. I'll let you handle the panic while I put my attention elsewhere. Feel free to tell your readers whatever you like. Allen made a mental note to embellish Westwood's calm in the story even more by adding details like calmly sipping black coffee and napping during the roughest part of the entry. Not that he had ever expected to read the article. He was sure the addition of his mythos would only irritate him further. 
tall and lithe with short cropped hair turning silver in a perpetual five o'clock shadow, Westwood had that outdoorsy look you saw on ranchers, men's cigarette ads. Of course, with ten minutes of cosmetic surgery, anyone could have that look. Alan preferred his own natural stature because it seemed less intimidating to people. Watching Westwood look at the flames flickering by the portal and absentmindedly rolling a cigar in his fingers, he knew his height was a wasted effort on him. He half expected him to open up the porthole so he could light his cigar from the flames shooting up from the heat shield. He couldn't imagine anything intimidating the man. A series of lights located under the window near a row of empty seats began a countdown when the drag balloon would deploy. Alan grasped the shoulder restraints and waited for the pop and ensuing jerk. From there, the automatics would take over and guide them into a landing within a 20-kilometer zone. You prefer a sea landing or a land one? Alan shouted to Westwood, more to distract himself from his fear. In some worlds, a sea landing is like ringing a dinner bell. That's how they discovered the terror whales on Danube. An expedition using a dropship was swallowed five minutes after splashdown. Lucky for them, they had landing rockets were able to give it some fatal indigestion. Alan already regretted the question. Westwood continued. The trouble with landing on dry land is that most of the places you want to go aren't near flat or open land. That means brush or forest. Lots of places you won't survive ten minutes before something eats or oozes over you. Alan was pretty sure the you in You Won't Survive meant him specifically. He was afraid to ask what being oozed meant. I don't suppose that we have any landing rockets? Alan asked, hopefully as he looked around the sparse interior of the capsule. Maybe they could throw empty seat cushions at it. Westwood shook his head. Nope. Thankfully, we're landing in Lake Natal. It's a big lake, but they have a pretty good idea of what's in there and what can eat us. Pretty good, but you can never be too sure. Westwood gave Alan a grin that was half lighthearted and half menacing, made sure his bowie knife was at his side. You never did say what you prefer, land or sea. If it's up to me, I take the elevator. But the places that ask me to help out don't usually have those. Grendel's Shadow is available on Amazon for 99 cents. Buy it on your desktop or your Kindle. You can also use the Kindle app. Available on the iPad as well as all major phones, including iPhones, Blackberries, Windows 7, and Android. You can also look for it on the Nook Store and Apple's iBooks. If you'd like to purchase this audiobook in its entirety without interruption or a physical copy of Grendel's Shadow, head to andrewmain.com books. This presentation has been read by Justin Robert Young.